Do you want to help this podcast out? Here are a few ways that you can help us out. Share on your social media site and tag us into your posts. We are more than happy to reshare. Review this podcast and let us know how we're doing. If you'd like to add someone to the list of or guests, then you can send us a DM and say, hey, I would love to hear this person on your podcast. We are more than happy to reach out and to have them on the podcast. Thank you guys so much and have a wonderful day. It is Friday. Yes, let's get into it. Consistency, consistency is the key to success. My name is Anna K. Hutchinson, and you're listening to For Change People. Let's chat, let's laugh, because it's your time to start choosing you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I have a guest who will be talking with us. We'll be sharing some information, legal information, talking about his business. And we have the founder of The Legal Lifestyle, Jeremy Stratton. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? I am very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on today. I'm so happy to have you on. It's been a couple, well, we've been trying to get this going for two weeks now. We've both been like under the weather. (laughs) And so we're finally, you know, kicking this off and doing this podcast recording. So, you know, Jeremy's in Australia. I'm in Vegas. We have, what, an entire 24-hour difference between both of us. But, you know, uh, we're still going to push through. We're still going to do this. But let's throw this at you, Jeremy. What is one thing that you love to do early in the mornings? I know it's early for you there in the morning. So, like, what's one thing you love to do? So, I, I love to get up early and I love to read. So, reading inspirational books. You know, I said to you, it's 5 a.m. now when, when we're recording and I get up at 4 a.m. every day. And I spend at least the first hour reading and learning something so that I can you know, really start the day off and the week off really well. So yeah, that's what I love to do first thing in the morning. I know. I guess most people might be listening at like 4 a.m. I don't even wake up that early. <laughs> Sometimes we try to wake up super early. I try to get up by six. Six is my time. I try to get up by that time. But, you know, it's pushing it for the four for me. <laughs> but good. Kudos to you for doing that. Well, for me, it's around the, you know, I do a lot of, lot of calls into America and mm. so it's afternoon, your time when it's morning, my time. That's and true. I just go to bed early. I have young children, so they go to bed. And so I just make sure I go to bed early and it works really well. Exactly. I get that. Oh, and they go to sleep, go to sleep too. <laughs> Alrighty. So let's talk a little bit about your, your journey. So you are the founder for Business Legal Lifestyle. So give us a little bit about your background, you know, walk us through like your journey, how you started. Yeah. So I've been a lawyer for about 20 years now. So I left school, high school here in Australia, didn't know what I wanted to do and found my way into law school and loved it. So I loved, I loved helping other people and finding solutions for other people. So I I thought I'll do this and I became a lawyer and I'm pretty good at it. So I, I created a career out of that. And then after about eight years, I decided that I'd start my own business. Uh, and partnered with a, a business partner who we're no, we're no longer business partners now, uh, but we're still friends um, and we, we have our separate law. And, and so, yeah, started our, our own law firm and really the, the business legal, it's life cycle. And don't worry, a lot of people say lifestyle, but it's life cycle is they, it's all about helping business owners to understand what are their legal risks? What are the things that they're missing in their business that they can go and plug them? Because what, what we've found over the years is that 
people don't get legal advice because they see it as expensive. They see it as something ethereal that they can't go and work with lawyers because lawyers are these big, scary people. So what we're doing is making legal advice accessible for small to medium sized businesses. And I created it because of frustration I have over people not doing that. And so, and so I created it and, and I wrote a book and I, and I and developed this, this tools that help people identify their, their legal risks. And yeah, it's been a, been a really interesting journey to build that alongside a law firm at the same time. It's a handful right there. So, you know, eight years, you said prior to starting your own company, you, yeah. you know, worked, you probably worked for a different company. What has a transition been for you working for a company where you pretty much clock in, clock out at the end of the day, you're done. But now you're working for yourself where it's literally on your time. You're, you have to put in that time. You have to wake up early, do the work. How has that transition been for you? I think it's, it's been a natural transition. It's something I think, whilst I, I wouldn't say that I always wanted to own my own, own, my own business. Mm-hmm. I think as a lawyer, I got to see other people do that. And I saw the one, the freedom that that gave them, but also the, you know, the, the freedom of time, but also the freedom of being able to you know, do something that they wanted to do and to build something that they wanted. And so I really love that. And so for me, it was really around how, how can I build my own thing? How can I be my own boss? How can I do what I want? And, and I'll be honest and say that, that I thought I could do things better than my, my old bosses, <laughs> as I think we all do. And I was wrong about that, but you know, we, we all go through those, those mistakes. And so it was really, you know, it, it was inspired by that, that freedom to, to really be my own boss and to set my own agenda. And that's something that I've carried through since then. And it's taken me a while to get there, but you know, and, and now separating from my business partner, yeah, you know, we were partners for 11 years, it was really around me being my own boss and, and, and him being his own boss and just yeah. going in our own directions. You talked about the partnership. I know mm. when it comes on to business, that legal part of it, what would be one thing that you would mention to anyone that is going into a partnership? What is something that they need to take in consideration as they start their business? I think the thing that's missed is actually sitting down with your business partner and working out where you want to go. So we did. And so to just give a little bit of personal small history here, we did sit down and talk about that at the beginning and we, and we talked about it every year. And that was actually the catalyst for the change was the fact that we realized we were going in different directions. So I think if you're going to go into business with someone, really sit down and go, what's that 10 year goal? What's the, what, what's the, the big hairy audacious goal, as they say, yeah. that you want to achieve? Know that it will change. I think that's, that's something that people really miss. And you know, if you had told me 10 years ago, 11 years ago, that I'd be recording podcasts and flying around the world and speaking in, in different countries and creating global business, I would have laughed at you. But, and that's cool because things change. So know that things will change. Really, that thing that people miss is writing down where they're heading. And then even the people who do that, they then don't review that regularly. And actually realize these days, you know, we're recording this towards the end of 2022 for anyone's listening to it later, things change like every six months, you need to read, to redo that. So I think it's just really important to know that, to to know where you're heading, set those goals that will help you go in the direction that you need to go and then revisit that regularly. And that's the thing that I see business partners get wrong most, most times. Most times. Yeah. And is there any like documentation that you would advise for business owners to draft up or put together before they even join that partnership? I think that there's a couple of different documents to have in place. One is, is, is an agreement on where they're heading. So, and that can be a really simple document. You don't need a lawyer to do that. In fact, you probably shouldn't have a lawyer do it because we'll, lawyers will overcomplicate things and put in <laughs> legal words that don't mean anything. But this is just an understanding between 
the partners, whether I was going to say both partners, but you could have 10 partners for, with all the partners. And you want to ha have that direction set. Then you want to have what we call like a partnership agreement or a shareholders agreement. And I like to think of that differently to document where you're heading. I like to think of it as a disagreement. So if, if you're thinking about what will happen if the parties disagree. So what I think is really important from a legal perspective is having, like when you go into, into a partnership, you have all, most of the time, I was going to say probably one time in every thousand people don't go into a business partnership in a, in a good state, but they everyone's friends that they're, they're all heading in, in the right direction, but things change, circumstances change. And so what you want to do is have an agreement in place, which talks about what happens if you disagree, what are the mechanisms in place to prevent disagreement from becoming a problem for the business. So really the two crucial documents that they're interrelated, uh, yeah, definitely for, for the, for the partnership agreement, you want to have a lawyer to help you draft that. You want to help, you want to understand what it says for the other one, do it yourself or get a coach or someone to help you do it because you, yeah, you don't want a lawyer getting involved. The business world, the business field has so many different parts of it and especially the structures of a business and the structures also come with the tax bracket and where you want to tax. So do you also provide advice to business owners when it comes on to what structure they need to use and what tax brackets they need to get into? In my law practice, yes, I do. But the business legal life cycle does not. And the reason for that is that it changes all over the world. And you know, the law, so, so the business legal life cycle, I'm Australian, obviously. I've, I've written it and I've written a book in Australia. There's one for the US and there's one for the UK. And we're looking at, at really making legal advice accessible for all small to medium-sized business owners around the world. If we try to give that specific advice, the tool would be way too big and way too complicated. What we want though, is we want people to identify the fact that they need to get advice, right? Because everyone does. And then partner with a lawyer or an attorney and to get that work done for them. So what we have is a referral system as well in place. For lawyers and attorneys, if, if people don't have that, then we can go and get that specific advice. But that advice is, is really needs to be tailored to your situation. It needs to be personalized. So yeah, if we did that, it would be more. <laughs> if, if, but what, what, is a, what is a 10 minute assessment of your business would have to be about you know, two hours. So yeah, if, if people want that advice, they need to find out you know, what they need, what their legal risks are, and then go and work with an attorney who knows that specific law for their area, for where they are and go and set the, the right structure up for them. That makes so much sense. You know, I just threw that out there just in case someone's listening and they're like, hey, wait, can I come ask you this? <laughs> so and, yeah. There's, there's many great there's, there's many great attorneys out there. There's many great people you can get that advice from. I would caution the listeners not to ever do what we call in Australia barbecue advice. And that's where you're, you're at a barbecue with someone and, you, and, and they're going, oh, I started a company and I did this and I did that. And that might work for you, but everyone's circumstances are slightly different. So that's why you want to spend or invest, I should say, a little bit of money to get the right advice to start you up, correct? More and more businesses are opening today and they're all like on social media, they're all over the, the web. What are some legal advice you can provide to them to protect themselves, especially when it comes onto the online market? How can they protect their business? So really what, what, what you want to protect online is your intellectual property. And again, the world is so in interconnected these days. You know, you're in Vegas, I'm in Brisbane, exactly. and, and we're on a Zoom call recording a podcast that people will listen to around the world. And that's quite extraordinary, but, it, but with it comes a lot of risk. You need to be aware of your intellectual property. What is it that you want to protect? What, what is it that you can protect? A lot of people think that they can protect a lot more than they can. And so you got to really understand what is your 
your intellectual property? What is the true value of your, of your, um, of your business? And then how can you actually legally protect it? And then, you know, sadly, you know, if I create something in Australia and someone copies it in China or, or another country, you know, an African country or whatever, it's very difficult for me to protect it. If, if someone in the U S copied it, it's a lot easier for me to protect. So really you've got to be aware of that. Um, and, and that doesn't mean to not share information online. What I mean is just be aware of the fact that, that that's going to happen and just be conscious of that. The, the other thing mainly online is the, the different uh, countries and even the European Union have introduced laws around data protection. And this is becoming more and more important for online businesses. We have to protect our data, protect the data of our customers and clients, and we've got to comply with their requirements. And I always say that, that in an online world, you've got to, whatever the highest level protection is, you've got to make sure that you comply with that. So I think, you know, California is looking at bringing in some laws that might even be more stringent than the European Union. You got to make sure you comply with them because in the interconnected world, it, it all comes together. Uh, so really it's around protecting your intellectual property as best you can, and then making sure that you comply with those rules around data, data protection. And most of them are, I think, quite sensible. And so it's just about being sensible with data protection and making sure that you comply with that. So what structure of business? So like, for example, if we have a limited liability company, it's an LLC. I just wrote an article recently. I'm not sure if it's 100% correct. I have to do some more research into it. But here you are. You can help us with this. So it explains that you're not the owner pretty much of that LLC unless it's a trademark company. So can you dive into that a little bit and tell us some more about that? <laughs> well, I guess that the, the a, a trademark is a... It's like the, the, the brand of your business. So it's the, the brand. So it needs to own, well, you own that trademark. If you want to stop other people from owning or using that trademark, then you need to go and register that trademark. And each country has its own registration regime. So you need, if you've got an LLC, that need that should own, own the trademark. And, you know, depending on the way that it's structured, you can own the LLC, which owns the trademark. So you got to be you got to be careful about how you do it. And again, every state and every country has its own rules, so we need to be really specific around that. But yeah, it's ownership is an interesting an interesting beast in the in the interconnected world that we have. I know it is. It is a lot. So let's talk a little bit about your book, The Business Legal Cycle. Share a little bit more about it. Tell us what we can take from that book. What we can grab from it. So, so really it's around understanding what your legal risks are and why you need to stop those risks or, and protect yourself from them. So little short story, when I, when I started the business legal life cycle, it actually came from frustrations that I had with a couple of clients who one lost a million dollars of other people's money, and another almost lost $2 million of his own money. And when I, when I asked, you know, and, and these were from reasons that they could have easily protected themselves from. And. And, and, and there were things that, that as a lawyer, I go, why didn't you do that? And so what I did is I, I got really frustrated because the response was, oh, I didn't want to get legal advice. So I didn't understand it. So what I did was I analyzed the, at the time, a, a bit of over 5,000 companies that I'd acted for and worked out when people did things well, when people did things poorly. And I mapped out 13 phases of, of the journey that a business needs to go on to be successful. And so the book goes through each of those phases and tells you what you need to do at each phase, why you need to do it, and who you need to speak to to get it done. And that was actually a, a debate, I'll, I'll call it, with my publisher. They thought it was a bit repetitive, but 
And I said, no, the feedback I've got from my clients is they want to know who they need to speak to because yeah. not in, in every case, you might need to speak to a lawyer. You might need to speak to an accountant. You might need to speak to a financial planner. You might need to speak to a coach. So throughout the book, I outline what it is that you need to do. Then who you need to speak to, to go and do that and, and get that done. So what people will get out of the book is a roadmap of what they need to do and when they need to do it in their business, along with a bunch of stories that, that illustrate why these things are important. So we call them from the case files using the old X-Files kind of theme. And it, it's to illustrate the fact that these things will happen. And, and the funny thing is that I, I talk about this you know, with people in the States, in the UK, all over the world. And the stories that I have from Australia are very similar to what goes on in other countries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and the pro, and, you know, I partnered with a lawyer in Tampa, in Florida, to help me rewrite my book into the US. And I would say that the book is is no more than twenty five percent different because the laws are very very similar. And so, what people will get to answer your question is again is is to they'll get a roadmap of what they need to do, and and how the, and how they need to go about doing it, and so that they can really reduce those legal risks and build a great business. Yeah. I throw this question out to some on social media to, you know, those who follow my podcast. And I was just like, hey, what questions would you ask a lawyer if you were in a room with them? And I got so many responses of blank because no one knew what to ask. So what are the top five questions you would say that they should ask when they meet with a lawyer for the first time if they're starting their business? Yeah, that's an awesome question. So the top five questions, and, and that is a very truism. It's a truism that people just don't know what to ask. First thing to, to realize when you go and see a lawyer is that you need to know what you want to go and get help with. So know what you want, know what your goal is. And then the first question to ask them is, is, you know, is, that, is that realistic? What can you help me achieve? Is that a realistic goal? The second one is, how are you going to help me to get there? So what is that, that how and, and what are you going to do? The third one is around what will it cost? So law has a very poor reputation on charging on time. And I think that if you charge on time, in most cases, that's because you actually don't know what you're doing. If you can't, if you know what you're doing when you're helping someone, you should know what that costs. You should know the value that that work will elicit with, with the customer. So yeah, yeah, if they, if they say, oh, I don't know, it's going to cost somewhere between two and $5,000. I don't think that lawyer knows what they're doing. So yeah, the cost, the fourth one would be, what's the time frame? How long will it take you to complete this, this task for me? Again, if they don't know, that should be a red flag because they should know how long it's going to take. Exactly. And then the fifth one is, you know, what other information do you need from me? A good lawyer should, especially in the, in the first meeting, should ask lots and lots of questions and they should, you know, everyone's got two ears and one mouth. So they should you know, zip, zip their mouth and, and ask lots of questions and listen. So if they're not asking lots of questions, then that's another thing that, that should be, should be a, a flag for you. And you should always ask what other information do you need from me to get the most out of this? So they're, they're, the, they're the, top, the top five that we see it. When people ask them, they get the best result out of their lawyer. That's good. I like that. I like that we have to, you know, listen actually and let them, or, you know, talk more. Let them listen. Give them that, ask them that time frame because you want to know how can you help me and how long is it going to take? Because sometimes we, you know, give out a business to someone or we send someone out to, to handle something for us. And we're like, okay, we're going to leave it up to them. And we don't follow up. We don't check what the time frame is going to be. And then when we turn around, we don't get what we want. So we have to follow up and ask questions about that. So quickly, 
before we wrap up this episode for today, I wanted to ask you as a lawyer, like what are some of like the biggest drawbacks that you have seen over the past years? I think for me, there's so many. The biggest one is people just, they get so busy doing their work that they don't slow down to actually get their legal work done. So they come and see us and then it all seems so hard and I won't bother doing this. I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll just do what I want to do and I'll ask for forgiveness later. That, you know, I, I said before about the clients who lost a lot of their own money and other people's money, yeah. they were circumstances where people went, oh, I won't bother. I won't bother getting legal advice. I just, I'll just do it myself. And that costs them so much money and so much time and so much heartache just from doing that. So I think the, the biggest thing is thinking that you can solve it later. And that can work, you know, and you'll, you'll hear lots of stories from lots of people and the listeners probably have stories of their own where, oh, it wasn't a big deal. I, I didn't get legal advice, but that's the exception, not the rule. And so just make sure that you, you take that proactive approach that you get advice when you need to get it, because if you don't, then, you know, you just don't know what the consequences of that will be. So I know I need to listen to that too and take some legal advice. I know a lot of us are listening to this and we need to do that also. So before we go share one, you know, I'd love to ask my guests to share a phrase, something that they use every single day as their mantra, they use it just to empower themselves. So what is that one thing that you have used over the years? I like, I like the, the phrase you be, do, have. So, you know, you, you, if you, if you make sure that you are doing something and then, you know, you become that person and then you have what you want. So I always, I always repeat in my head be, do, have. And so it's always like, be the person that I want to be, be the, the inspiration that I want to be for my team, for my family, for, for whatever it is. And then you make sure you do that. And then, then you'll have the rewards that come with it, that come from that. So be, do, have is the, the three simple words that I like to tell myself on a, on a regular basis to push like myself. That. Be, be, do, have. I like be, that. Do. That's so great. So I forgot to mention, or to say this to you, but tell us your website where we can find your book. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All good. So, so if people go to businesslegallifecycle.com, I've actually created a, a page just for listeners of the show. So if you go to businesslegallifecycle.com slash be bold, you'll see a bunch of resources on there. I've mentioned a couple of times our assessment where you can take an assessment of your business and discover your legal risks. As a thank you for having me on, we've given a code there for a 50% discount for listeners to be able to do that. So they get that for a little bit less than $50. And that basically about a thousand dollars worth of legal value. And what it does is it identifies the legal risks on the website. There are also like hundreds of pages of, of free legal, not advice that it's education, legal education, so that the listeners can really find out more about what they need to do. And if you go to that landing page, you'll see all the, all the resources there and you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll be able to find what's relevant to you. And if people want to connect with me, they can always search for me on LinkedIn. I provide lots of content on LinkedIn as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for sharing. Thank you also for giving us that 50% off. So if you're listening to this, I will be posting all the links on this description of the podcast. So you'll get all that information. And once more again, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your legal advice on the podcast. Thank you so much. Go for it now because the future is promised to no one. You have just listened to a weekly episode of For Change Be Bold podcast. 
You can keep the conversation going by following us on our Instagram page and our Facebook page at For Change Be Bold Podcast. And until next week, have a wonderful Friday.